Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. This morning on the third hour of today, flying high. Simone Biles and the U.S. women's gymnastics team setting their sights on another goal today at the World Championships, while the men's team makes waves of their own. The men joining us live talking about their thrilling night and Olympic expectations. Plus, our consumer confidential. Before you book that holiday getaway, know your rights when it comes to delays, cancellations, and lost luggage. Then later, actor and author Nick Offerman, live in Studio 1A, talking about his comedy tour, his love of the outdoors, and the big anniversary he just celebrated. And we're having a ball in today's food when we show you how to put a Mexican spin on meatballs. Today, Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the third hour of today. It is Wednesday. What day does it make Mike, it? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. Yeah! yeah! I look forward to Wednesday. Oh, that's what that. makes it worthwhile. I'm Al, <laughs> along with Chanel and Dylan. Craig is on assignment, but saying in his mind, mm-hmm. hump day. Hump is day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I woke up thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being with us this morning. I'm feeling Olympic uh-huh. this morning because we're talking gymnastics. The men's uh, team just pulled off an amazing win at the World Championships. We're going to be talking with them in just a moment. I love that. We should celebrate them. Absolutely. But yeah. first, today, it's all about Simone Biles and the women's team. She's been dominant since returning to the sport. Today, the U.S. women back in action, seeking gold in a possible preview of the Summer Olympics in Paris. NBC's Megan Fitzgerald has the best job today. She is in (laughs) Antwerp, Belgium, with a look at what to expect. Megan, good morning. Guys, good morning to you. Look, Simone Biles is absolutely incredible. She takes two years off. She comes back, and it's like she never even left, dominating this competition. It's so exciting to watch her. She's making headlines left and right with these moves that only she can do. And, of course, now the countdown is on to the team finals that kicks off in just a couple of hours. This morning, the excitement mounting as the U.S. women's gymnastics team is vying for their seventh straight world title. The team, led by legendary gymnast Simone Biles, who has dominated the competition from the start, already making history, becoming the first woman to execute the double pike vault on the international stage, an incredibly difficult skill that's now named after her. The team is heavily favored to win gold. For Biles, it's a full-circle moment. A decade ago, the unknown 16-year-old vaulted onto the world stage right here in Belgium, going on to become the most decorated gymnast in history, the two-time Olympian memorably pulling out of multiple events at the Tokyo Games. Telling Hoda days later the immense pressure was taking a toll on her mental health. Physically, I feel good. I'm in shape. Um, Emotionally, that kind of varies on the time and the moment, you know. After a two-year break, taking time to marry the love of her life, Green Bay Packers star Jonathan Owens, Biles is back and stronger than ever, winning the U.S. Classics and the U.S. Championship this summer in dominating fashion. 
telling Hoda recently she's working to find balance on and off the mat. I think I have to take care of myself a little bit more and listen to my body. And this time around, it's like being intentional, going to therapy, making sure everything is aligned. Another American to watch, emerging star, 21-year-old Shailise Jones, who managed to pull ahead of Biles on the uneven bars. The U.S. men's team also capturing bronze here at the World Championships and qualifying for next year's Games in Paris. Now, I had a chance to catch up with the guys shortly after they won last night. They are stoked, so excited, and I must say, a really great group of guys. As for the women, of course, they are expected to clinch the goal tonight, but the action doesn't stop there. This weekend, we will be watching the individuals, and of course, our girl Simone Biles is expected to shine, guys. Absolutely. I love it. Thanks for Thank bringing you, that, Megan. Megan. All right. And don't forget, you can catch all of the gymnastics action when Simone Biles and the U.S. women compete in the team final later today at 1.30 Eastern on Peacock. All right. Well, the Paris Olympics can't come soon enough for the U.S. men's gymnastics team because for the first time in nearly a decade, they took home a medal, winning bronze at the World Championships. That's great. Wow. That just fires you up, too. This yeah. men's team is young. They're hungry. In fact, only one of them has Olympic experience. Oh, I love that. And we have them live this morning to talk about their performance and their Olympic goals. Joining us live from Belgium, we have Yul Modauer, we have Fred Richard, Paul Judah, Koi Young, and Asher Hong. Good morning. Congratulations. Way to go, gentlemen. To all of you guys. Good morning. morning. I know you guys, a lot of you have been doing this since you were were little boys, and now you're here. Your family must be so proud. Let's start with you, Yul. You're a five-time world team member. This is the first time in nine years years, as Dylan just mentioned, that the U.S. men's team has made it to the podium together. What does this medal mean for all of you? Oh, it means the world. You know, when I when I look down and see this medal, you know, I can't think of myself. I have to say thank you to my family, my school, my club gym, my teammates, my friends, USA Gymnastics, the sponsors. You know, it's been a long road for all of us. And to finally get to this point, you know, it, it's really exciting. And now that we have such a young team, you know, I'm really excited for the future. Yeah. So that's so amazing. And, and, and Fred, you know, your performance on the high bar all but brought it last night, brought it home for, for Team USA. <laughs> what was that pressure oh like? Uh, yeah. As you as you step up to the bar. I mean, I, uh, I can't even imagine that. Uh, it was crazy. Honestly, like, I felt like the world's kind of on your shoulders. Like, I mean, I'm representing the U.S. I'm representing this group of guys right here. I feel like I have to put on for all the people who have helped me in my life. But I just remembered everybody who's been there for me. I trusted that it's not just me doing this routine. It's everybody. And so I hopped on that bar. I was thinking about these guys the whole time. And I just fought for every skill. Ooh. And <sighs> put it down with the stick at the end and it was definitely the highlight of my career like <laughs> the adrenaline crazy well, could it, not sleep last night i mean you guys are so <laughs> strong and just like to see you stick the landing it's just i mean it's just so fun to watch i know you all were cheering for each other on the sidelines so i mean being in the spot like yeah. like this when when you're out there are you feeding off of each other's energy oh 100 sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah I think we were the loudest team by far. Yeah. I hope we were the loudest team. Yeah. (laughs) And, Corey, you joked on social media about having a love-hate relationship with the Pommel Horse after last night. Just so you guys know, we're looking at video while you're talking. So if you hear me go, woo, while you're talking, that's probably why. But, Corey, you also made a great point about treating each routine as a brand-new competition. Why is that mindset so important in a sport Mm. like this? Well, it's extremely important because... 
you know, every time you get back up on that podium, the judges are watching. And as we could tell from the end, going into the last event, um, we were in, well, going into the last two events, we were like not, not top three or fourth place. So like anything could happen. So even if you fall off, you got to get back up and pretend as if nothing happened. You got to get back up and pretend as if, you know, this, the rest of this routine is going to be perfect and I'm going to make sure it's that way. So having a short memory will, will um, guarantee the rest of that routine turns yeah. out to be just the way you want it. Mm-hmm. Well, Asher, back in August, you become, became the youngest U.S. men's all-around champion since 1989. Yesterday on the vault, earning the team's highest score. Yeah. So what's that message Team USA is putting forward as we look ahead toward Paris? Yeah, I mean... You know, we're, we're going to go there and do our best to do our job, you know, and take each day at one step at a time just to, you know, move one step closer to Paris. We're not going to look too far ahead and we're not going to look to the past. We're going to stay in the moment and do our best to do the best we can at that moment. Well, we are so proud of you guys. Honestly, just looking at you guys, you're diverse, you're young. It just makes our, it just makes us all so proud. Yeah. Um, you know, joining us live. Let me say, Yul Modaur, say your names again. Fred Richard, Paul Judah, Koi Young, Asher Hong. Congratulations. We're Way so proud of you. All right. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you again. And thanks for having us. This means the world to us. Oh, Absolutely. Thank you. It's great having you. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much. Cool. And still to come, almost time to book those holiday trips. But before you do, our Vicky Wynn is here to break down our rights on delays, lost luggage, hopefully this last time we hear about Dylan's, and do we really need travel insurance? And then later, Nick Offerman is here live in studio. Hmm. He were going to talk about his new project, Comedy Tour, and what happened to all the facial hair. Third hour of today, we'll be right back. No matter what you're a fan of, Texas has the trip for you. There's the trip to Texas and the trip. Or maybe you're the kind of fan who'd prefer a trip to Texas or a trip. Either way, go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
We are back with this morning's Consumer Confidential. The holiday travel season will be here before you know it, so it's also a good time for a refresher on canceled flights, delays, my experience with lost luggage. Yes. I've heard that story a time or two. <laughs> our senior consumer investigative correspondent, Vicki Wynn, is here to lay out our rights when things don't go as planned. Vicki, I'm so good glad morning. we're doing this story. Me too, and a lot of things have changed, so it's good to get that refresher now. A lot of flights over the weekend because of the weather were just canceled, delayed. What are your rights when that happens? This is an if and or situation. If your flight is delayed and significant, uh, delayed or canceled and you don't take it, you go home or you take a bus or a train, get to your destination some other way. The airline is required by federal rules to refund you that portion of your unused ticket. Here's the thing. If they rebook you to go somewhere, then you have no right to a refund. What if you don't take that? Booked, rebooked flight. Yeah, then then you are. You're out. Okay. You, you are definitely do that ticket. Okay. The other thing that you want to think about is people ask about hotels, meals. If I'm delayed, well, are you going to pay for that? It totally depends on the carrier. Mm. And so you want to look at the contract of carriage, which is on the individual carrier's website, or go to the one-stop shop that is brand new. It's transportation.gov, and it has all the major carriers and their contracts. The one area where federal rules really do apply is the tarmac. If you've ever been stuck mm. in the plane on the tarmac, there used to be some real horror stories. Yeah. Now, if it's up to two hours, the airline is required to provide you food, water, and bathrooms. <laughs> if it's three hours or more, they're required to take that plane so back bad. to the gate mm. unless it would disrupt the airport's operation severely or the pilot says there's a major security risk. <laughs> the key here to avoid all of this, try to book that first flight of the day. Mm. You're less likely to encounter any issues with uh, weather or with mechanical issues, staffing issues, so that first flight gives you that much more right. leeway. Do those policy cancellations or delays uh, come into effect if it's caused by weather? No. Act of God is not covered. Okay. Yeah. There are people who feel like they just say weather. Anyway, okay, we move on. <laughs> um, as flights get fuller, especially over the holidays, what happens if you get involuntarily bumped? Yeah, Chanel, believe it or not, airlines are perfectly allowed. It is completely legal for them to overbook their flights. And they do it because they don't want to leave the ground with less than a full plane. Mm-hmm. So this is very common. And two options happen. First, they ask for volunteers. Who would be willing to take this next flight out? And mm-hmm. often they sweeten the deal with a flight credit, a voucher towards something else. I've heard it go as high as $800 when I'm sure. just sitting That's there. That's how I flew in if, college. I would always just wait. Smart. Yeah. And if you're <laughs> flexible, do it it's because true. you're getting a real value for that. Yeah. Yeah. If they are able to... Oh, oh, so that's the volunteers. Mm-hmm. When they get to the people who cannot, you know, are not willing to, and then they have to bump you anyway, it depends on your status. It depends on how much you paid for that ticket. It depends on when you checked in. Every airline will decide on their own who they're going to bump involuntarily. If they can get you there within an hour of your original arrival time, you're not getting any compensation. If you are one to two hours later than your arrival time, they actually have to pay you two times what you paid for your ticket or $775, wow. whichever is less. If it's more than two hours late, four times what you paid or $1,550. So it is significant. I didn't know that either. Let's talk about luggage because clearly I had an issue five weeks it took to get my luggage back. But what would my rights have been? This is something we know all too well. We're going to get Taylor Swift into every segment here on (laughs) NBC. And it was like a national saga. We cheered when you got your stuff back, right? (laughs) 
So the first thing you want to do, try not to have your luggage be lost at all. Rip off all those barcodes, those yeah. old tags. The worst thing is if it gets scanned accidentally and goes somewhere else. Right. Take pictures of the outside of your luggage as well as the contents. That just makes it easier if you have to file a claim. You can say, this is exactly what I had in there. This is exactly what it's worth. Travel expert Chris Elliott says, only put your name, your email, and your phone number on the outside as well as on the inside in case that label on the outside gets ripped off. Don't put your address, he says, because yep. bad guys might know you're on vacation yeah. and go there and check yeah. out your home. Yeah. The other thing, we have Apple AirTags. We have other tracking devices, tiles. That could have been handy when your bags were in Italy, wherever they were, and they went on that whole worldwide tour. And then, obviously, if you can, keep calm, carry on whenever possible. It's not possible when you have, like, an international trip yeah. with a bunch of people. Right. Here's the thing. If you have to buy clothes, I mean, you guys did a great job. You were, like, cutting know, the pants. We just, you were borrowing we were clothes. Out. You were wearing <laughs> nightgowns. But if you have to buy things, keep it reasonable and keep a detailed receipt because when you file that claim, that's how they're going to decide what to compensate you. Mm-hmm. And let me show you the limits here. It's up to $3,800 per passenger for lost luggage for domestic flights, but that's at the airline's discretion. $1,700 for international flights. And of course, when you file your report for lost luggage, get the name of the person and who you're supposed to contact so you can keep following up. That's interesting. Ricky, great stuff. Yeah. Useful. Thank you. Well, coming up, we've got a world traveler and a country traveler right here in our studio. Nick Offerman, live, sharing his love for outdoor adventures, talking comedy, and so much more. And then our dear friend, Jill Martin-Brooks, and her doctor joining us with an important message during this Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Third hour of today, we'll be right back. We love having our next guest here. For seven seasons, Nick Offerman played everybody's favorite curmudgeon, Ron Swanson, on the hit show Parks and Rec. Since then, he's gone from actor to author, writing five books, including his latest, Where the Deer and the Antelope Play, the pastoral observations of one ignorant American who loves to walk outside. <laughs> well, it's now available in paperback, and Nick is here to tell us all about it. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So in this book, you talk a lot about, you know, what you've learned from some of these journeys. There were a few that grabbed my attention. The one, you have a trip with your friends called the Bromance Brothers. That's right. Sounds enticing. Um, and then you drove across the U.S. Uh, with, with your wife. So what did you learn from some of these or what were some of your takeaways from these adventures? Well, the idea is is to take my my sort of clumsy ramblings and uh, through that lens, communicate to my readership the relationship that we have with Mother Nature mm. or the lack thereof. And okay. especially uh, the way we think about our farmers and our parks. Uh, we think of we think of them as things you need to travel to, you know, that we don't remember that nature is actually here right outside our windows and we're part of it. That's good. And so it's trying to remind us all, including me, to think about where the food comes from that is in the grocery store and, and how it's grown and how we're maintaining that relationship. And since we don't know the answer to that, it means we're probably not maintaining a very good relationship. That's good. Yeah, That's absolutely. Good. You talk about the national parks. You say Glacier National Park, you jumped into the water there. You know, one of those things, I, I've been there. It, it's it's life-changing. It's a life-changing experience. And you said it was probably one of the highlights of your life. It was uh, with with my dear bromance friends, Jeff Tweedy and George Saunders. Uh, wow. We, we get together. And, yeah, I'm, I'm like the, the, the little brother of one. <laughs> Walt Whitman and, uh, and John Muir. And we, we went whitewater rafting. And one of the greatest lessons was it was freezing cold. And our guide that was that was paddling our, our raft said, 
If you want to jump in, this is a good calm spot in the river. The water's about 40 degrees, and it's the only place you'll ever get in pure glacial melt water. And Jeff and I were both already wet and kind of cold, and we we thought, oh, that's that's cool. We're good. (laughs) And George Saunders, with a twinkle in his eye, said, come on, guys. You're the Bromance Brothers. You got it. And and we, we... it was just that great lesson of saying yes to the thing that's a little scary or a little Ooh. risky. And it was so exhilarating and gorgeous. And I've, I've used that several times since when I'm faced with a challenge. Should I do the scary thing or should I head home to my couch? Wow. And wow. now I do the scary thing and I'm that's always, awesome. I'm always very grateful. That's a lot different than when we, you were last time here when uh, Willie and I were in a canoe with you. Uh, That's right. That was a little safer. <laughs> yeah, say yes to the scary things. Yeah. I love that. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, there there we go. Oh, I didn't um, see it. Did you see it? I didn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. here, put it, you want to see it? Let me show. There you go. Look at that. Oh. Fantastic. Very, very <laughs> You're known for your very long subtitles when it comes to the books. Thank I mean, you. I've heard this is kind of a love-hate relationship for you. Why do you keep that going? Well, I mean, I, I, I am a simple person, and so the titles of my books, I want them to be iconic, you know? <laughs> Abbey Road. or my, my books are Paddle Your Own Canoe, mm-hmm. Gumption, Good Clean Fun. Sure. Uh, but... You know, my my company, my my publisher that I love called Dutton, they are not as trusting of the consumer. <laughs> yeah. And so when they when you see my book on a table in a bookstore, they want the consumer to have a little more description. What's it about? So they always ask me to. And so then I guess like in a bratty way, then I write a too long, <laughs> so lug- funny. Nicely done. subtitle. Yes. 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 Where the deer and the antelope play. I'll give me a home. Very nice. So Kansas State song, you know, from Kansas. So if you were to you know, write a subtitle for the third hour of today, which is a long title to begin with. What, what would yours be? Well, I heard you might ask this, and so I, I asked your graphics department oh. to help me cook something up. But I was thinking something like, uh, th- third hour today, <laughs> a covey of, of informative and gorgeous dream boats <laughs> deliver efficacious vim over easy, plus Al Roker. Yes! There you go. I like that. I like that. Oh, by the way, vivacious. Vim goes with your with your vigor. Hey, oh, by the way, I understand you and Megan, uh, your beautiful wife, Megan Mullally, just celebrated a 20-year wedding. 20 years, 20 years married. She has a, a considerable lapse in taste. <laughs> What's the secret? I mean, first and foremost, it's a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, like any relationship, we've had to learn to listen to each other. I've had to learn to wash myself um, <laughs> and, uh, and also do the dishes and, you know, close the refrigerator door. But by, by and large, don't take life too seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, be a giver more than a taker uh-huh. and do the dishes. What was the last time you were completely facially clean? Earlier this year, we were, Megan and I did a show... Um, where, where I had crazy whiskers, and at the end of it, she said, "Buddy, for for 23 years we've been together, and I I love you, but it's a mouthful of thistles." Like, <laughs> like here is as we're getting into middle age. Do you mind just giving me a, a clean palate? You're such a giver. And so, as a giver and a doer of the dishes. Thank you you so much. It looks fantastic. That's very generous. The paperback version of his book, Where the Deer and the Antelope Play, is out now. By the way, check him out on his comedy tour now. I love having you here. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you for having me. All right, coming up, Jill Martin Brooks is here with her surgeon sharing an update on how she's feeling and important information that we all need to hear. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
No matter what you're a fan of, Texas has the trip for you. There's the trip to Texas and the trip. Or maybe you're the kind of fan who'd prefer a trip to Texas or a trip. Either way, go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. We're back with our series, Pink Power, in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. This year, the disease hit close to home here at the Today Show when our dear friend Jill Martin Brooks revealed her diagnosis. Well, this morning, Jill is here to update us on her journey and share some important information along with her surgeon, Dr. Elisa Port, the head of breast cancer surgery at Mount Sinai Hospital. Jill, doctor, good morning. Good morning. Hi, good morning, my friends. Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, and you were on in the earlier hours uh, and, and just watching this. This unbelievably emotional journey of chemotherapy in real time, basically. Um, why did you decide that it was important to do this? Some folks like they wait till afterwards, and then, but this is ongoing right now. Yeah. So um, the reason it was important for me to tell this in real time is that I knew that I couldn't start to heal, knowing that I could have told people about testing that could prevent them from having to go through what I'm going through. Mm. Chemotherapy is effing hell. Mm. And if anyone tells you differently, they're not telling you the truth. And not in all cases, but in my case, genetic testing could have prevented this part of my cancer journey. And so I didn't feel, I felt an obligation with our platform and why I want to use this time to say those people who say, oh, I'll get my mammogram next week, or I'll get my sonogram in two weeks, or I don't need genetic testing. It doesn't run into my family. Let me tell you something. My mother had breast cancer. My grandmother died of breast cancer. My mother is BRCA negative. I did not know that you needed to get tested on your father's side of the family. It doesn't run in his family. So cancer does not discriminate. And if you can prevent it, and some people can't, that's why I'm telling it in real time. I also think it's important because, you know, listen, Jill and I sit together. We all sit together in the makeup room and she'll come in looking like the picture of health, so to speak. Right. And I'm like, Jill, you look amazing. Remember that one time I'm like feeling your skin. I'm like, you've never looked better. And then you start telling me what you're really going through with chemo. You told me this morning, uh, the chemotherapy drug that you use is called the red devil, which lets you know it's tough. You know, it's interesting. And we talked about this. I said to Dr. Port the first time I saw her, please no chemotherapy, no matter what. And recently I've changed the narratives. Chemotherapy is my friend. Mm. I have a red devil. I have the most aggressive chemotherapy fighting against this insidious disease. Mm. And the, the other thing I think is really important that I want to make sure we get across is that if you do have to go through chemotherapy, there are end cancer treatment. Instead of saying like, I don't want to deal with it. Let me just... 
there are advancements, sure. and I really want to make sure to get those across and for the people help? who. Because Jill, she's not. She doesn't have the nausea, or is it taken care of with medicine? Sure. Or right. So there have been, to Jill's point, incredible advancements. Um, on the one hand, not everyone does need chemotherapy. So one of the advancements is we've gotten better at figuring out who will and who will not benefit. Um, those people who will benefit, to Jill's point, it's very protective and very, very effective in reducing the risk of breast cancer returning or recurring. And the, the, um, Treatments that we've also added on, things like steroids that can prevent the nausea and vomiting, that some people uh, have this idea that that at all of chemotherapy, you're curled up in fetal position, you're, she's here. Um, I haven't thrown up once. Yeah. I'm nauseous, and it's terrible, and I have other side effects. Right. But the steroids right. make you nuts, and I've thrown Eric out of the house a few times. Um, and I've cleaned the house a lot because they make you antsy, but yeah. yes. So steroids is one thing. Um, we also, I think, I love the idea that Jill highlighted the cold cap. Yes. Cold capping is a device that you wear on your head during the treatment and then for a bunch of hours mm. after that prevents chemotherapy from reaching the hair follicles mm. wow. and it prevents hair loss um, during chemotherapy. It's not for everyone. Not mm. everyone can have it. There are different devices. As we were talking about, insurance doesn't always cover it. We have a program at Mount Sinai that I'm super proud of that um, we have a philanthropic fund to cover cold capping mm. for women who can't afford it, but who would benefit from it. But it is a huge advancement that allow women, and for many, many women keeping their hair during chemotherapy mm -hmm. is a huge advancement. Jill, you know, one of the things, uh, you've got Eric, you know, obviously your husband, and you've got your parents, uh, and, and people come up to you in the street. But I, in the beginning, you talked about how upset you were about not knowing because of the lack of testing. Talk to me about the, the part, the, the anger part, the, the, you know, because there's almost a, a, a almost a mental issue, you know, therapy that you need to go yeah. to, to get through this. It's interesting because it all happened so fast. I'm grieving while I'm healing and I'm mm -hmm. fighting. Um, it's strange out. I don't have, first of all, I'm so grateful it happened to me and not another member of my family because it's harder to watch than it is to go through it. Um, so that's the first thing. And I'm lucky that I caught it. But I think that the idea that people don't know about genetic testing is what angers me the most. But I never not once have thought, why me or yeah. why? It was given to me to be able to do this and to be able to tell you to go get tested. Right. And um, the other thing I just want to talk about is the importance, two things that insurance... Um, might cover that you should ask about. That's super. I have Amy from Flow Therapy who is helping me with PT and helping me with my range of motion. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, I had a, a mastectomy, a double mastectomy six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So you need, PT is covered. You break your knee, you get PT. Mm -hmm. And this is, I work on this a few times a week and yeah. she's been an earth angel for me. And also just getting back to the, the penguin cold cap that I'm using, the one that they give at Mount Sinai doesn't work for the aggressiveness of my chemo, but this one is you can rent these cold caps gotcha. and insurance sometimes covers it. And you sit there and every 25 minutes they put what's basically dry ice on your head mm -hmm. to freeze the follicles. And I sit there for 10 to 12 hours. Um, Eric's been a gem and that's yeah. the red devil. And it literally is red. Yeah. It's literally a red devil, but think of it as my friend that's yeah. helping me. Yeah. 
Yeah. The devil and, on your shoulder. We're doing good. Wow. And yeah, I mean, it's not all of it. I've lost about 30%, but, you know, I look like me when you Make see me, work. right? And that's healing for you. you know, for me, and it's not everybody's yes. choice. Well, yeah. Jill, Dr. Port, thank you so much. We thank appreciate you, you both being both here. Both of you guys. And if you want to read more about Jill's journey, just go to today.com, and we'll be right back. You're saving lives. This morning in Today Food, we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month with an amazing dish. Rick Martinez is a chef, food personality, and the author of Mi Cocina, Recipes and Rapture from My Kitchen in Mexico. And he's here to make one of his favorite recipes from the book. By the way, you can scan the QR code if you want to get that recipe now. Rick, good morning. Welcome back. Good morning. Good Thank morning. you so much. So I read this morning, you say, so yes, yes. <laughs> meatballs with a Mexican spin. Tell us yes. about it. Uh, so albondigas, uh, Mexican meatballs, are actually very common through Mexico. Okay. And um, it's one of my favorite dishes. I love albondigas or meatballs in, from any country, um, but particularly Mexico because they've got so much flavor. And what one are of the, you doing? So this is one of the flavor elements. It's very common in Mexico. You char your vegetables. Oh. So you add a little bit of smokiness mm-hmm. to your tomatoes. Also, this is a great way to add flavor to off-season tomatoes, or maybe tomatoes that really uh, aren't okay. that the best. Great. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You're concentrating the flavor because you're you're charring them. You're you're adding a little mm-hmm. bit more color, a little more smoke. After they're charred, we're going to throw them in our blender okay. with some canned chipotle. Yeah. Okay. okay. And so this is. Two or three chopped chipotle. We're going to add a little pinch of salt. We're going to blend that up, but we don't want to go too high. We want to we want a chunky salsa. Okay. okay. So, so that's your salsa. That is our salsa. Okay. okay. So now for the meatballs, okay. I love a really nice tender meatball. And so, what's the secret to making it tender? So two secrets actually. Yeah. One is I think a lot of people when they're mixing their their ground meat, mm-hmm. they're they're compacting, they're squishing oh. it together. So don't handle it too much. Don't. Ha- what I Why like to do I is I pull it, it apart. Oh. <laughs> you have to press the bottom. Or, okay, I was trying to help you. Out. There you go. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, so what I like to do is actually pull the meat <laughs> apart, oh, so you and you can you can add all of your ingredients to this. What are you putting in there? Panko, we've got some Mexican crema or sour cream. And what's the ground meat you're using? So I'm using beef and pork. I just okay. like that flavor combination, but you could do turkey, chicken, mm-hmm. all beef, mm-hmm. all right. pork combination. That is queso fresco. I've got some grated onion that's mm-hmm. just like on a, the big holes of a box grater. Cilantro, mm-hmm. garlic, oregano. And and then we just literally pull apart the meat mm-hmm. until what everything is. Seasoning? What was that one? That was oregano. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Great. Mm. So then once everything is uh, nice and brown, we just want to brown the meat. And you basically use a little uh, scoop. That's my favorite. One of my favorite tools in the kitchen. So we want a quarter cup because I like big meatballs. We take our pureed tomatoes and chipotle. You put them in there. Um, We throw in some onion, garlic, more oregano for flavor. Okay. And just mix that up. And we're going to let that simmer. We also have some chicken stock in there. It keeps them from being dry, too. You exactly, know? exactly. I do not like a dry or tough meatball. A dry meatball. meatball. These are so Who tender. Does? Thank Yum. you, thank you. And so they're typically served with rice and beans. Um, you can make tacos out of them. Also, for football parties, I've also taken a long baguette, split it down the middle, put a bunch of meatballs meatball in the salsa. Sub. Yes. That's fantastic. Yeah. Top it with some cheese, throw it under a boiler. These meatballs Rick, these are, are delicious. These are fantastic. Incredible. Rick, thank, thank you. you so much. Oh, thank mm. you. Oh, my goodness. If you want this recipe, <laughs> I can eat. Scan the QR code on your screen or head to today.com slash food. By the way, Rick's cookbook, Mi Cocina, Recipes and Rapture from My Kitchen in Mexico, is available <laughs> now. 
lots of yummy recipes. This is fantastic. In this book. We'll be right back. Just before we go, Jill, you wanted to give somebody a special shout out. I am so excited because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. This is Stacy Griffith. You may know her as Soul Cycle Stacy. Mm-hmm. She's been on my chemotherapy treatment, and today she's done. And she's and I'm oh just God. so thrilled. So, oh, Stacey, we love you and so grateful. I love that we can celebrate that win. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. All right. Hoda and Jenna are coming up next. We'll Bye. see you tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. When it comes to family vacations, there are a million different trips you can take. You can get your own trip to Texas. Or if you prefer a vacation from your family, you can always get your own leave the kids with grandma trip to Texas. So go to traveltexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours.